What you do speaks so loudly that I can't hear what you're saying. This is Walking Your Talk, a personal development podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor, and I've spent my life working with leaders in organizations on how to change their culture. But this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks your talk at work and beyond, then this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to this podcast. If you're a regular listener, you may have heard that quote before by Rolf Waldo Emerson. It's one of my favorites because it really describes what influences culture, which of course is what you do, the walk and not the talk. So today I want to explore that concept as it relates to appointing new people into a team. Because this series is all about stories of symbols. And who is chosen into a team, into a role, is one of the most powerful symbols I've found that is available to anyone who's wanting to accelerate a culture in order to accelerate growth or success of some sort. I know that many of you who are listening will have the power and the responsibility to appoint people into roles, but I also know that there are other listeners who may not have people reporting to them but are team members and still others who are consultants and advisors to leaders. So I just want to assure you that this episode, I'm going to describe an exercise and a role for all three, all of you, therefore. And also for if you're the person who themselves is just being given a new role. So like I said, new people into a new role, big opportunities. And this is why it's so important. Because every time somebody is selected for a role, there is a clear and deliberate choice. You can't be fuzzy when you appoint someone. And you have potentially hundreds to choose from, either inside the company or outside, if you're a leader who's got a vacancy, but you can only choose one. So in that choice, you're actually telling people what you really value, what characteristics are at the top of your mind, what criteria reaches the top when you make a selection. There's one client who my colleagues and I worked with over many years who really influenced my thinking in this regard. I'd worked with him in a previous organisation, and so I knew his style And when Mark, I'm calling Mark, and when he arrived into his new organization, he told me that he wouldn't be ready to use our services for about six months. He was very clear about that. And we had lunch, I remember it, in a great little Italian place in London, just before he started. And we spoke about his plans for those first six months before he thought he would be ready to engage any kind of formal work on culture, which could involve our organization. And I reminded him of something that I'd told him in his previous role and something that I tell many clients, talk to many clients about, which is how important it will be when he reaches the point where he can look around the table and say to each one, look everybody in the eye and say, you are my team. 
we are the ones who are going to build this success. We're the ones who are going to turn around the culture. So let's look each other in the eye and choose to work together to make this work and to build trust. And it is something I will often say to clients I'm advising because it's such an important moment for any leader and for any team, I think. So we sat there and we, f- we finished our pastor and, and we agreed to meet again in six months when he'd got the feel of who was in the organization and made some of those choices. And four months later, Mark called me and he said that he wanted me to come in and meet the woman who he'd appointed as his new head of HR. And he told me that he'd arrived into the organization and he'd realized very quickly because he'd done some skip level meetings, he'd met some people who were like two levels down from his direct reports, that the incumbent HR was a bit of a bully and he'd attended some HR events and had been highly impressed with this woman called Serena, who was two levels down and who had two levels down from the head of HR, so three levels down potentially from him. And this woman had an obsession with really understanding what consumers wanted. So Serena, he said, was spending more time in marketing than she was with her HR colleagues. And whenever she spoke, she was voicing these amazing ideas about how HR could contribute to building a customer-obsessed culture, which was what Mark wanted. So he had their executive search firm run us through some assessments just to check that she was really going to be able to pick up the other parts of the role that she might lack from not having been in such a senior role. And he made the call to appoint her as head of HR. So this is a bold call. Comes in new, appoints someone who is a skip level down off the current CEO, off the current head of HR to be the head of HR. So I came in and I met Serena and... She was indeed incredibly customer centric. I mean, you pick that up really quickly, I find, in what people talk about. But what was interesting was she told me of the really deep confidence that she now had in Mark and in the future of the organization because he'd had the courage to appoint her. And together they went on and made a whole series of unusual, bold, I'd say, appointments mostly internal, some external, and this actually became a central plank to their whole culture change process. And what it did was it had this really significant impact because it meant that their walk and their talk lined up. It meant that everyone else in the organization became really motivated, motivated to behave in the way that you know, would really matter, the behave the way that Mark was saying was important. And it sent this message that anyone can get promoted here if they have the right attitude, if they have the right behavior, and that no one is entitled to a role. But above all what it said, and, and this is the message that I, I want to really give to you, which I never forgot, was that behavior matters. And everyone got that message. And a year later, actually, when the business had already started to turn around and they were getting some good press, good market feedback, we redid the culture diagnostic that we'd done just a few months before Mark had arrived. And the number one finding that we had was that behavior and attitudes actually really mattered. 
And it came up, people gave us many reasons why. I was partly to do the performance management system, the way performance reviews were organized. There were a lot of things that had changed. But the most powerful ones, the number of times people told us in this qualitative research, the story about Serena and how she'd been promoted. So what Mark had achieved there was not only had he got a great person, a great buddy that he could then team up with and do this great work in terms of the types of people they were they were going to hire. But also he had sent a message to a whole lot of other people which said, you know, if you behave right, you know, you have an opportunity. And if I can find the right people, I will pick from the inside. I promised you an exercise and some things you could do, whether you are a leader yourself with direct reports or a team member who's noticing new appointments coming into the team or whether you're an advisor. So First thing I suggest that you do is think really carefully about who is getting appointed into new roles and what do those people stand for? Sometimes when I'm running a, a big event, I am everyone's in the same room. Uh -huh. Those times, those memories when everyone was in the same room, we're all in lockdown at the moment, but when people were in the same room and I'd get everybody to stand up who'd been appointed in the last six months. And, you know, they all stand up and they're a bit sheepish and they look a bit self-conscious. But and I say to everyone else, these people represent what is valued in this organization because they are the ones who were the symbols, the choices that people made in the last six months. So first thing for you to look at is who is getting promoted and what did that tell you? Now, who is getting appointed, not prom or promoted, but it could also be who's being brought in from the outside. And is the tendency to bring people in from the outside or to really look for the great people inside? And what does that tell you about the cultural aspirations of the organization? So then get to know the appointees. So if you're a colleague of theirs, my suggestion is ask them why, you, why they think they got promoted and find out what it took for them to behave counterculturally for long enough to be noticed and to be promoted and to stick with it, to stay in the organization. Because these people are probably someone who are a bit different from what's been the culture of the past. So if you find out what it took for them, you then potentially can learn from them and copy some of the things that you like, maybe ask them to mentor you. So that's an exercise if you're a colleague of theirs. If you're the person who actually made the appointment, so the leader, then my suggestion is be really explicit about those behaviors and the attitudes and what it was exactly that led you to the choice of choosing that person and encourage them to display them even more and explain that one of the reasons that you promoted them was because you want a role model in the team. And then if they come from the outside, help them not to get consumed by the old culture because they can get sucked in, it does happen. And ask them to mentor and coach others and to come to you if they're feeling overwhelmed by the old culture. Because what you're looking for is you want them to be the pioneer of what's coming next. And then finally, if you're an advisor, I suggest that you know you have conversations with your clients about their new appointments and the power that they have to send a symbol and encourage them to really put behavior and attitude as the number one criteria and to be courageous because the multiplier effect of that symbol is so significant at a time when culture is changing. 
So see if you can create your own Mark and Serena story and build the culture using appointments as one of the central planks of your culture plan. So thank you for listening. And if you want to engage me more, please be in touch on LinkedIn. We can have a conversation. And then join me next week for another episode in the series Stories of Symbols.